0: It's Friday, July 14th, 2023, and this is the Talk Film Society podcast. I am your host, Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk Film Society, yet again here with my co-host on this show, it's Siobhan Irving. Hello, Siobhan.
1: Uh, What's up, Marcelo? I'm I'm the co-host of this show.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay we not, gotta... not
1: of the TFS podcast in general uh, Just of this series, right?
0: Well, let's get this into mini-series. it This mini-series Let's get into it So if you don't know who we are Uh, We hosted some shows on the network. We have a long storied
1: history of hosting shows together, Marcelo and I. What do we got? We've got... Yeah, let's let's go back. We had the old wrestling show, right? It was called Marking the Marks. It sucked. We have (laughs) currently a Southland Tales show that is taking so much time and we're currently on hiatus from. We host monthly movie commentaries on the Patreon. Give us one freaking dollar and you can listen to... Even more of us talk.
0: Yeah. Right. For for hours at a time.
1: Yeah. About a single movie, maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, mean, we're uh, we're watching a movie. We might talk about the movie, too. Just last month, we did a commentary for uh, Temple of Doom. And I think think half of that was focused on the movie. Most important thing uh, uh, is we did this Talk Film Society podcast series last year or earlier this year uh, covering the Oscar season. The Oscars. Yes, we did. Oscars,
1: Hollywood's biggest night.
0: We did that. Uh, Who's
1: going to win best writing this year?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, as as always, we, we, we stand in solidarity with the writer's strike and also the impending actor strike. <clears throat> it's Wednesday, yeah, uh, God, July 12th. Happened, right? uh, that was sick as hell. Yeah. Uh, the Emmys were just announced and today they, uh, the actors might strike too. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but we did that. We did the Oscar series, and now we're here yet again to do a series on. Let's say it together. Blockbusters. Summer blockbusters. Summer blockbusters. Yeah, that's more apt. Summer blockbusters. I mean, really, it's just us talking again on mic on a weekly show. Um, yeah. Just so you know, we have things to do, and so we, we're,
1: we're at a we're on hiatus from the Southland Tales show, and we're like, we gotta
0: still talk, right? Yeah, we gotta talk about something. I I got that itch, you know. I I, I gotta release a weekly podcast, mm-hmm. and I think this is, uh, I kind of wanted us to do something like this anyway. So why not just m- make this series? Be about summer blockbusters. So, as a jumping-off point to other topics and movie movie-related things, I, I do like that weekly show aspect. I did I did like that we had the have a nice a pod clip Southland Tales show be weekly in regards to like the segments, the intros we recorded each week. Anyway, I, I like that type of podcast. Why not do it again with yeah. Siobhan? So here we are. Okay, summer blockbusters. Let's get into it.
1: Do you like them? Do I like the summer blockbuster? Oh jeez, that's tough. Uh, you know what? I think I do. Now, this comes with the caveat that it's it's weird. The last 10 years of summer blockbusters have like been dominated by like one franchise, right? Yeah. Uh 10 plus years. And I think I think going on 15 years now. Yeah, fifteen, and that's all well and good. I think honestly, like I, I mostly enjoy. Look, I mostly enjoyed that time.
0: Yeah. Um, you at know what? this point, Me too. I'm sick of
1: it. Yeah. At this point, I'm sick of it. But like,
0: by the way, the MCU. We're talking about the Marvel movies.
1: The, okay. Marvels, the yeah. Marvels, the Marvels, the Marvels. I like. I had a good time going to those movies. I went to them regularly. I went to every single one in a theater from Iron Man until I missed Civil War, but like, I really stopped going. Like, around Spider-Man 1 or 2. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I really don't care to go to any of them. Yeah.
0: The, you know, I'm glad you bring that up. Uh, I, I did not... Uh, for this uh, intro of the series, uh, uh, you know, me asking a very general question to Siobhan saying, do you like some of our blockbusters? I didn't expect to open up this Pandora box uh, so early on in this in this show. What I kind of want—that's what I got to do. Oh yeah, you are an instigator, is what you are. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, in, in in trying to come up with like an idea of what this series is, uh, I kind of want to do this. And 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 hear me out, listeners, and also Siobhan, which, I mean, mostly to you because we're still trying to plan what this show is. I mean, I'm the one that's here. Yeah, you, I mean, you're the. I'm talking to. I'm talking to people in the future. Uh, how crazy is that? You know, I'm talking that's to we, like, we put, I'm, yeah, we, we talk here to each other now. And, and this it, is now. This is now. This is We're in the present. Yeah. And then in the future, like in three days or so, I'm going to put this out and at least like two other people are going to listen to this. That's wild. Yeah, that's just crazy. Some blockbusters. Like, that's so nuts. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so I uh, we know what we're talking about this week. Okay, let's just say what, what we're talking about. We're talking about The Dark Knight and Mamma Mia. Okay. Mamma why? Yeah. We'll talk about that the later. The Dark Knight again. Yeah. So that's our main segment. And I've already tried to convince Siobhan what we're going to do in the, ne- the next episode. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Maybe at the end of the episode we'll 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 come to terms with what the next episode of the series is. But why don't we do this? Why don't we focus on blockbusters that are good? That's my idea. <laughs> Like, we're, we're, uh, as much as, you know, it'd be fun to uh, watch some summer blockbusters of 2023 as they get released, logistically, I mean, uh, Siobhan, I'm not going to tell you to go watch, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer right away so we can record a podcast about it. Screw that. There are plenty of other blockbusters that have already been released that we can talk about and shine a light on. Maybe that not necessarily that needs to have a light shine a
1: light on these three hundred million dollar grossing movies. Not <laughs> one the, billion dollar grossing movie listen, that we're going to talk about today.
0: Not the not the way I I should have said it, but more like uh, I don't know, like uh, revisit uh, revisit. Yeah, thing. let's let's revisit. Like, let's, honestly, I I
1: have massively different opinions about both of these films. Yeah, the I ones for have. this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. But but I guess my point is let's shine that light back on these movies okay and the- we're trying to pair them up with what is coming out right yeah yeah exactly uh, so like barbie uh, yeah. and oppenheimer
1: makes sense the way we got to mamma mia and dark knight is somebody pointed out that uh christopher nolan had done the <laughs> barbie and oppenheimer thing before where dark knight and mamma mia came out on the exact same day
0: exact same day uh, yeah, we're gonna get more into that here in a bit. But what was that? 2011, 2008? 2008. It's 15 years now uh, coming Crazy. up. Yeah. Right. Um, you, you continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, but 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 hey, that's my point. I think next week we'll hopefully talk about some blockbusters that we want to talk about. They're actually good and enjoyable. Uh, let's have a good time on the show. Is what I'm saying. Good time. Uh,
1: that's what blockbusters are about. Like hopefully, if time. you go to one, you get you, yeah. You don't need to really have deep thinking in blockbusters like that's that's the nice thing about them is their popcorn entertainment again the last 15 years have yeah. been dominated by one thing and maybe we have too much popcorn entertainment <laughs> and I kind of want more thinking man stuff such as mm, like a man building a bomb <laughs> but
0: <clears throat> yeah for three hours yeah. and some gratuitous sex between uh, two yeah. Of the stars yeah yeah what,
1: what do you think Killian's gonna be doing in
0: there I'm going to predict that we see killian murphy's dong in oppenheimer
1: i hope so
0: i hope so yeah uh, and Nolan has said this movie will have uh, all of the sex scenes you ever wanted in a christopher mm. nolan movie so i i have been waiting your entire we life watch christopher nolan movies
1: and clearly this man is so Sexual, but he keeps repressing himself.
0: <laughs> uh, and
1: like, know, finally, he's letting that that loose.
0: We, uh, we should save this for the for the Dark Knight uh, uh, segment. But I will say, The Dark Knight <laughs> Rises is actually pretty horny. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. yeah. You're so right. some of his movies are a little horny, but you know, yeah, uh, uh, not not enough sex.
1: Marion Caltiard is seem- seemingly the only person that he has any interest in making sexual.
0: And also um, Anne Hathaway. I mean, come on. Scarlett Johansson. Yes, Scarlett Johansson and The Prestige. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, Okay, but circling back to that MCU thing, I just want to close that loop off. Enough of of the MCU. Okay? Sure, we're going to talk about big blockbusters from other studios, but you're not going to listen to us talk about the MCU on this show. Okay? Starting now. No MCU talk. Now, the DCU... (laughs) <laughs> we're oh gonna boy. get into it, <laughs> oh. but
1: Marcelo, I think before we get into all that talk,
0: before we get into there, all that talk, what, what what's going
1: on? There, there's there's a summer blockbuster that came out this week as we're recording this. Oh it's, yeah, uh, it's it's Wednesday. It's out the now. 12th. It's out now. It's out now. You can go see Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, starring Tomathan Cruz. Marcelo, you've seen this film.
0: I've seen. This I have
1: I haven't, it just came out today, but Marcello gets to go to fancy press screenings and shit
0: I did go so, to a press screening last Thursday to see Mission Possible Dead Reckoning Part 1 And I did see it again on Monday of this past week I've seen it twice now uh, Good movie! That's all you got? Yeah, that's it uh, Oh god <laughs> Listen, uh, like it, it, it doesn't I, continue the Christopher McQuarrie
1: era of Mission Impossible in a dignified way.
0: It does. Uh, I'll say this. And and maybe we can talk more once Siobhan has seen it, if Siobhan ever sees it. I don't know what, what, if you're going to see this movie or not.
1: I love these Mission Impossible movies, but I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I can get to this one in a theater. Because I'm, I'm, I'm planning on that Oppenheimer Barbie double feature. Yeah. But like, Mission Impossible might fall by the wayside for me. I don't know.
0: It is one of those things where, like, you have to kind of manage your time with these movies in these next two weeks. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, Dead Reckoning, as much as I love it, as much as I want to see it again, that movie is two hours and 40 minutes. That's a big one. That's a big one. If you're going to an AMC, you're going to be digging out, like, at least, like, what, three hours uh, of your day just just sitting there in a theater?
1: Uh here's a specific question I can ask you. Yeah. <clears throat> We've had a lot of part ones uh this yeah. year in the summer uh, that I have seen in theater. Fast X and Across the the Spider-Verse or Into the Across, yeah, Across yeah. the Spider-Verse, both of them. Uh Fast X I thought had a very for me a very um uh, what's that? What, what's the word? A satisfying finale for a part one. I'm, I'm excited for more, but I think I got enough of what I needed. Um, across the Spider Verse, on the other hand, I felt a little short change. Short changed, sh- maybe, but like I was less satisfied with the whole experience of Across the Spider Verse the way it ended. So, uh, do you think Dead Reckoning has like a satisfying? arc to the first film or do you feel like you really gotta see the whole thing when it when two comes out? I'm
0: glad you brought this up because I've been thinking about this since uh watching Dead Reckoning Part One. I had the same issues with uh across the Spider Verse. Um I may be in the minority here. I I I don't think that movie works as well as it should for a 100% movie. hundred percent agreed. 100% so it's it's one of those yeah like you said I'm gonna wait and see how part two goes with across the Spider Verse I guess it's what Beyond the Spider Verse is the next one mm-hmm. um, yeah and so yeah I'm I'm, I'm waiting on bated breath with that uh, how that turns out uh, I liked Fast X I'm with you uh, we're in agreement here yet again I, I I liked how outlandish it was and how it ended um, and how it teased or you know left things open. Um, on a giant cliffhanger for the next movie, which I don't know even what That's two years from now that we're gonna get the next Fast X movie. God willing, yeah. God, let's, let's, let's hope. <coughs> we're uh, only a year off from. I,
1: I, I think Spider Verse is next year, which is like ridiculous.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't want to get into how that to me seems yeah. impossible. Right. Without yeah. getting into like people being, uh, you know, worked to death on that movie. Um, yeah. Apparently, right. the, the the creatives there are terrible. Uh, to their workers. Um, Sounds like it. <clears throat> but, uh, moving on, uh, I think dead wrecking part one, um, uh, does a good job of being a movie on its own and then setting up the next chapter. So to answer the question, I think it handles it well. I'm, I i did not feel short drifted. I felt like I got enough movie. I got enough plots kind of, uh, arcs being wrapped up in part one where I'm like, okay, let's see how things, uh, uh shape up. Uh, I can wait uh two years for or next year for Is it is it next year? I think next year for part for part two. I don't know.
1: Uh does the movie end like every trailer ends where he jumps off the he jumps off the cliff and it's just before he act he's supposed to activate the wingsuit or whatever. It just ends right there at the exact same yeah, time.
0: Yeah, It ends right there. Uh <laughs> it cuts off. <laughs> By the way, yeah, next um, year. Nothing would make me laugh harder. June 28th, 2024, which to me seems impossible. Because uh, I think last I heard, Christopher McQuarrie uh, said that they have to, after their uh, PR run, they have to go back and finish Dead Reckoning Part Two. I think they're still filming. Um, wow. Insane. Um, but it, it it does end similarly to like... i'm 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 pulling this on my ass right now sort of think of it like the end of uh um the two towers lord of the rings the two towers um and then dead wrecking part two is like the return of the king hopefully you know get a bunch of oscars um so yeah think of it that way satisfying i mean come on you can admit even that lord of the rings the two towers is a satisfying movie on its own right
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely
0: yeah uh, you know what? You know
1: what's one that's not is uh, the Middleborn movie. I don't feel like that's a full movie. I, I don't like that
0: movie. Interesting. The Middleborn movie. The uh, Supremacy. Is that it? Uh, it's Identity, Supremacy, Ultimatum. Ultimatum. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, if if you want to put that on the docket, Siobhan of, of, uh, <laughs> of putting that on um, the movies we have to watch this season. I'm down for watching all three born movies because there are no more born movies after that. I, I have I have still not seen the third one. I, I I've think,
1: seen all the others, but not that one.
0: Uh, dare I say, I think from my memory, the third one, Ultimatum, is the best of the bunch. I believe it. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I don't remember anything about how... I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I like supremacy. I I, I I can't think of it as like a half of a movie. Um, so sorry. I'm not with you there. Apologies. <clears throat> my apologies. I accept. No, what's, uh, okay. a, what's a great one is Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, that's a good one, and that's definitely more cliffhanger. Um, but it, it's but, a good, satisfying, satisfying cliffhanger. One. Satisfying yeah, And yeah. you know, one
1: that people only had to wait six months to or nine exactly. months or whatever. To yeah,
0: that. and that's a great summer movie, uh, Matrix Reloaded, and then uh, the the fall movie was uh, Revolutions of that year, uh, exactly uh, uh, twenty years ago now, two thousand three. Crazy. Um, speaking of two thousand three, that no wait. No, this is 2005. Uh, no, you, know, uh, you know, th- th- Speaking of five years after that. Speaking of 2003 plus five. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. You know, let's, let's round out this segment because I wrote this down. I, I try to plan ahead. Uh, have you seen any summer blockbusters of this year? Siobhan, any, anything that comes out? Have you been out to the theater? Um, let me
1: check my letterbox. I'm so sorry for not getting this ahead of time. I'm glad I was not warned of this question. Um, I did mention before we recorded the, these are
0: the segments. Uh, I wanted sorry, to do. yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. I screwed up.
1: So, uh, uh, sure. I went to No Hard Feelings in Asteroid City.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, but I but, fell asleep yeah.
1: during Asteroid City, and I left No Hard Feelings early because I had a panic attack. Uh, no disrespect to either of those films, but uh, no. Uh, and Fast X, I guess, if that counts and I I'm I pl- I hope I can get to Insidious Because I watched all the films before And I, I really dig them So I hope I can get to see my boy Patrick Wilson up there directing a film On the screen, on the big screen But
0: It's making you know. money it, it made a bunch of money uh, Yeah, this past that outdid,
1: outdid estimates uh, We're going to
0: get an Insidious 6, I'm sure Yeah, um, although I hear That movie is not the best The new one really? Yeah, I, I don't know, I nice. have I've heard people rank it low. They say it's... I mean, have we talked about this on another show? I, I, I like the first... I love the first two Insidious movies. I do. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan of three or four. Um, barely remember three. I remember not liking four at all. Um, not too eager to see five because of the, the, the bad word of mouth I've, I've heard. But I, I'll i see it. I'll support Patrick Wilson. I,
1: I, I dig... The first two are great. Um, I, I think the first three are really, really good. Uh, four, I agree with you, I'm less hot on, but it's still got some fun stuff in it. I, I'm very excited about five.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll come back and, and uh, talk about five if we both see it. Uh, the Red Door. Uh, speaking of Red Doors, let's go through this Red Door into the next segment. Um, okay, so we've talked about what we've seen recently. Some are blockbusters. Um, any news out there? We want to talk about the strike. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the strike. We talked about strike. Uh, uh, Killian hanging dong. Killian, and- yeah, yeah. Uh, if 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 you're anticipating Killian hanging dong, uh, we're here to report to you that yes, there will be nudity in Oppenheimer. Apparently, him and Florence P. are gonna go at it on screen for several minutes. Uh, we got. Uh, sorry, uh, go on. That was it.
1: Great. Uh, uh, the the Barbie relating to Barbie. Oh, that um, thing. I I really well, if there's a specific thing, I don't know. I oh, was just going to mention. I really dig <laughs> Ryan Gosling's whole press tour. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, vibe. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's funny. He's treating it. He's tre- He's doing a joke out of it, but it doesn't feel like he's being mean spirited about the joke. He's he's having fun.
0: I like that. Yeah. Uh, th- that's the fun thing you wanted to bring up about Barbie. But I have the the bad thing I wanted to bring up about Barbie. What is this? I don't I don't know a bad thing about Barbie. Uh, I don't even know if I can explain it that well. A lot's been going on this week. So, uh, on top of like Twitter uh, being basically uh, you know dead uh, for the most part, and and me um, personal news uh, coming at me fast and furious. Um, I don't know about half the story. But Barbie, the movie is being banned in certain parts of the world because of how it depicts China uh, uh, on on a map in the movie. Um, So it's causing a stir. You know, right wing politicians are involved now. I don't know, folks. You do the research. You do the legwork on this. You look up why people are being um, people are upset about Barbie. So you do that. I
1: I have not heard a a, a lick of this, and uh, this is depressing. Yeah. Uh, You know what I think sucks here. Uh, they're shooting Deadpool 3 currently.
0: Oh, that's news. Okay. In the
1: middle of the writer's strike.
0: Yeah, that sounds that's like
1: bullshit. <laughs> like that sounds terrible. Yeah. Like beyond the fact that they're being scabs, I guess. But Deadpool, especially, that's a character that needs some rewrites. Yeah. In the middle. Mo- like, the, the, I don't like as good as Ryan Reynolds is as that character, and I do genuinely think he's great as that character. Um, like that's the most pure like use of that Ryan Reynolds shtick I don't know if he can improv that well <laughs> through that maybe he can I don't know but like again this is a movie that's gonna need rewrites all the way through it uh, and punch ups and shit
0: and we're already breaking our first rule on this show not talking about the MCU but we're talking about the MCU now so Ryan Reynolds I, yeah, we
1: are aren't we
0: Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is a credited co-writer on Deadpool 3
1: Hmm. So he's a scab. Yeah. Oh, we got that Napoleon trailer. I think that looked amazing. <laughs> Napoleon.
0: Yeah, looks looks solid. I saw that trailer before uh, 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 Dead Reckoning Part One in IMAX in in in, in the G- IMAX theater. It looked cool. I also saw the new Doom Part Two trailer in IMAX. That looks amazing. Speaking of part twos, um, I mean this this year it's a hot year for movies. Wouldn't you agree? This year's a hot year for movies. I do yeah. agree. Okay. Glad we're in agreement. Can we close out this new segment? Please. Okay. <laughs> the Dark Knight and Mamma Mia.
1: That's what he had to talk about.
0: Why? And I already explained why. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got more details. I mean, 15 years ago this July. So July 18th, 2008. Okay. Like Siobhan said these two movies, The Dark Knight and Mamma Mia, came out on the same day. Um, I mean, around this time, like mid to late July, Nolan always likes to put out a movie. Um, it, it's his it's his, uh, it's his, preferred date to release a movie. If you look back at Christopher Nolan's release schedule for all of his movies, they usually fall around July... Between, like, July 15th and the 20th, okay?
1: He's a, he's a very blockbuster guy.
0: Yeah, and... For good reason. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to release uh, Tenant on like July 20th, I think, of 2020. And uh, that did not go as planned. Uh, so I think they released it eventually like in September or something. Uh, but yeah, so now he's back this year, uh, you know, mid to late July with Oppenheimer. But 15 years ago, yeah, The Dark Knight came out on July 18th in another movie that uh, was a, a counter program much like Barbie is to Oppenheimer, Mamma Mia came out the same day. Uh, And that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, Siobhan, I'm going to toss it to you. I want you to start this conversation. The Dark (laughs) Knight, Mamma Mia. Let me ask you the first question. Wait, how old were you when this when when in two thousand eight? I can't remember how old you are. Summer two thousand eight, I'd be twelve. You're twelve years old. You're a baby. You're <clears throat> you're a little baby. you little know, baby suck, bitch
1: sucking a, <laughs> Sucking on the
0: t- <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> um, sucking on a on a milk bottle is what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> w- were you going out to see movies? I mean, did you? I, okay, I'm gonna guess. Mama Mia, you weren't the first in line to see, okay?
1: I was always a movie going child. Uh, my mother took me to a lot of films. Um, I have no recollection if I, I usually have like very good like recollection for like movies I saw and where I saw them. I don't know if I saw Dark Knight. Um, I honestly don't think I did. I, I think I might have. Had see I saw it at home, and I'm not I'm not sure why. I definitely I did not see Batman Begins, and I didn't even see that movie until years later. Uh, Well, well after I even saw the third one, uh, Rises.
0: Uh, I mean, I was gonna say. I mean, uh, that was 2005 that Batman Begins came out. I think so. You would have been like nine years old. I mean, when when I was nine years old, I went to go see. Uh, star wars the special edition that's yeah
1: when i when i was nine years old i went to see house of wax (laughs)
0: wait the paris hilton one the paris hilton movie who let you into the house of wax my mother oh boy we went to house of wax oh boy how was that by the way seeing that that that, that early i I,
1: I don't know i I was a mature kid i I liked movies uh i didn't like Freak me out or anything. I was like, I, I had a good time watching a movie. It's basically all it was. Oh, okay, like, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah, the the guy definitely the guy at the ticket the ticket taking guy definitely uh, was like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" To her. <laughs> but uh, we did do it, and uh, I, I it's not like I came away scarred from it. And and like I don't know, it depends on the kid, right? Like,
0: yeah, this is true.
1: So, I mean, some kids you got to keep away from stuff. Some you don't. Right? Yeah, like some. Like my, my, my nephew, he doesn't have a great tolerance for scary stuff, but um, my niece, she does. So,
0: You know what? You know. Same with uh, my family on my sister's side. Um, her daughter, she's been showing horror movies, too, basically all her life. Uh, all of us went to go see the new Scream movie, or the last two Scream movies, in a theater. Me, yeah. my sister, and my niece, uh, her daughter— and um, the uh, my nephew on that side, um, kind of skittish when it comes to horror movies. But so it goes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's fun. I wish somebody would have taken me to go see movies when I was a kid. I had to go all by myself. Um, so I went to go see The Dark Knight by myself. No, I'm kidding around. I went to go see Maybe it with you a group were, of friends. Or You were 13? Uh t- I was in my 20s when The Dark Knight came out. (laughs) I'm going to say that. Early 20s. That's true. I was in my early 20s. Uh, I remember seeing The Dark Knight opening night. I sat next to a, a friend I'm no longer friends with who was kind of annoying. He was just a friend by association. And he's I, no, he's fine. I just, it just, I just didn't like him that much. This annoying
1: little fucker.
0: Okay, um, I remember him being um, very much into the movie. I mean, like that whole crowd was. I mean, even I was into it. The Dark Knight. Oh, I gotta imagine. Yeah, I mean, come on. Opening night of The Dark Knight. It, 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 I mean, I had this realization yesterday in preparation for this episode. I mean, Siobhan, I'm going to imagine that whoever listens to this podcast will either be within our age range or maybe even younger than you and maybe they won't they don't know about you know seeing the dark knight in a theater and how big that was i mean it 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 seems like you have no recollection no recollection of it right of the actual experience
1: no and and probably at that time it's probably kind of like almost unprecedented yeah i have to imagine like uh, your closest things are like star wars and like the spider-man movies
0: yeah at that time i'm gonna try to kind of express how important it was back in the day i see if i can do it yeah i mean batman begins was a hit it was a modest hit in my memory uh, uh I mean, big enough to make a sequel but everybody was just so pumped for this movie like because they knew that joker himself mr mr jokester mr uh, jokester that he was going to be the main villain in it. Um, uh, were and people
1: excited about that? Yes. Uh, because yeah, I mean, I get We had Jack Nicholson, right? So he yes. was a popular character.
0: Yeah. Now, okay. For my memory, Cesar Romero, of course, for my memory, people, when they first announced uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker, people were a little wary of it or yeah. that were kind of nervous. Of, you know I, you I, know, I was a very online child. I do remember this. Yeah. And, Maybe even I was kind of like, huh, that's a weird choice. But of course, as soon as we saw like uh, the first promotional photo for it, and uh, I remember there being maybe like a teaser of just hearing his voice as the Joker, then we were all in. That's uh, so good. Yeah. It's so good what he does with the, <clears throat> that and, voice. And I think, and, and, and this kind of all came back uh, flooding into my memory yesterday when I was watching the movie um a lot of people uh more people should talk about how important that online campaign was in 2008 for the dark knight i mean this was you know peak internet uh like right before twitter was a thing um and i remember i was just on like message boards or like uh, uh you know uh, chud.com uh, which <coughs> i <don't, laughs> that was a real site no, for like movie news good. Uh, And, of course, back when I didn't know any better, Ain't It Cool? Ain't It Cool? Yeah. Yeah. JoeBlow.com. Like, -hmm. all this bullshit. I was following along with, like, the online campaign for The Dark Knight. And it would be legitimate, like, like puzzles people would solve and would unlock, you know, promotional photos or, like, teasers for the movie. Uh, No other movie other than, like, maybe Cloverfield. No other movies did it that well after that. After the, The Dark Knight and Cloverfield. It was cool. And then that around that time, before the movie came out, and as they were still as as they're promoting it still, Heath Ledger passed away. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge blow. Uh, you know, the, I, I remember the discussion um, happening about whether, you know, had he completed all his scenes, like where how far along was he in production, which is wrong headed. I mean, for like for God's sakes, a man died. Um, but I remember that conversation online. Um and and yeah and so it had this weird sort of um, I like just just you know anticipation in regards to yes it's a superhero movie sequel uh, but also just curiosity it's like what is this movie going to be now that like we yeah. know that you know its co star was apparently so uh, uh, affected by it I think the news had come out that he passed away like he did Heath Ledger by you know uh, an overdose of this medication oh that gosh. he was taking. Um, because he was playing the Joker, uh, and that was on top of everything. So yeah, that was every that all this craziness happened before the movie uh, came uh, out. As as shitty as
1: it is, and as dark as it is, like that 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 fueled a lot of the box office, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it, it was part a, of it, a a not insignificant amount.
0: Yeah, it, it, I tried to look up the other day just how many records it broke regards uh, regards to the box office. Uh, couldn't find like a good article that broke it down, but I remember you know it had the best opening day of all time, uh, the best opening weekend of all time at that point. Uh, it broke a lot of records. It was huge. Uh, I mean, this thing was amazing. Uh, in regards to like its success, um, and and, and uh, now it uh, now it's now it's seen as one of the reasons why the Academy. Speaking of the Oscars, yeah. Um, yeah. Why why the Academy? Uh, uh, added more slots to the Best Picture uh, category. Um, Because, yeah, after it didn't get a nomination for Best Picture, people weren't up in arms. Like, oh, you know, there's no room for the Dark Knights, you know, in the the top five, you know, Oscar nominees for Best Picture. Then I think a year after that, or maybe two years after that, they upgraded to five. No, sorry, from five to ten. They did ten nominees. Uh, Anyway, the Dark Knight, yes, it's it was big back then. I, I was there. Uh, but is it big now? That's the question. So it, it, there, yeah, there's Siobhan. seemingly
1: been some sort of online. Uh, 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 there, there is some sort of like online, uh, of like very online in like film Twitter circles that, that like people seemingly kind of dislike the movie or there's some kind of backlash, uh, based around like, this kind of started the dark superhero trend or whatever. Right. Which, I don't know. It's, it's like barely... I mean, it's just like a little darker than like... When I was re-watching it, I was like kind of surprised. I, I didn't think it was that dark. Like, it, it's it's kind of... It is a silly movie. It feels like a comic book movie. Yeah. Uh, um, just with it's just kind of humorless, you know? Like it's it's a little dry to me. I I'm going to be honest, I uh this revisit, I had not seen the film for probably 10 years. Wow. Um I didn't love the movie. There's there's stuff I love about it. This was probably one of my favorite movies of all time at the time I came, at the time I first saw it. Blew my tiny little fucking mind. I watched it over and over. Um, there's stuff I love about it. Obviously everything with Heath Ledger. He's fantastic. The Joker is an amazing character. This is one of the best portrayals of him. One of the best uses of him. Um, and it's in, and it's in a totally completely different way than any other Joker I've ever seen.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, a lot of the actions cool. A lot of the, um, the, the, the effects are amazing. Like when the when the hospital explodes like are you fucking kidding me like that that's one of the best effects I've ever seen
0: yeah
1: Uh, period but yeah overall I thought the movie was a bit dry the first hour is a lot of uh, just kind of exposition plot moving forward that I didn't think was all that interesting and that's probably because it does feel so heavily inspired by like a comic book where maybe it doesn't excite me at all uh, the plot they were doing um, and there 's kind of intermittent intermittent scenes that are interesting, but they go by too fast a um, oh, fantastic opening by the way, with the bank robbery and everything yeah. uh, they keep killing each other all the clowns, and then they have the reveal that the joker was one of them that 's so good uh, yeah so what what were your how how often do you watch this movie? What were your thoughts revisiting
0: it uh, I can look up how often I watch it um, so i I, there has been a, I think a rightful, you know, backlash on this movie. Uh, Okay. You know, uh, at least it's rightful. I think part, part, partly it's rightful. At least that's what I thought up until seeing it again uh, last night. Uh, And I'll get more into that right now as I'm talking, because I'm talking about it right now. So. i I, i felt for the longest time like it's it's not as great as i think people have said it is okay yeah and maybe it is and i think i think uh my hesitation to calling it like a great movie came from the reaction to it like similarly to like fight club it's like the the wrong people i think love it a bit too much if that makes sense um so
1: I I there's that meme of the joker that we live in a society stuff (laughs) you've got all those weird uh, joker memes that are are like inspirational quotes kind of
0: (laughs) yeah like
1: for yeah uh, dumbasses
0: yeah it's like people just just to take uh, I mean uh, this is another thing that has kind of always bothered me about the movie the politics of the movie is weird too like I, I I saw somebody tweet about how uh, they won't be surprised if Oppenheimer the movie becomes a movie that's like pro-nuclear bomb, right? Yeah, and, it's yeah. a very
1: pro-cop movie. Yeah, um, uh, The yeah. Dark Knight is uh, it, it's, it's a very, Man, yeah.
0: it's a very like pro-patriot act movie at the end. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. When 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 Batman decides he's going to be the one who has all this power of like observing, uh, uh, or you know everybody in Gotham's like uh, cell phone usage or something like just to track down the Joker. It's like, I mean, it works out for him. Sure. But does one man really need all that power?
1: They, they do question it. But yeah. They, do question they ultimately, it. they ultimately come to the conclusion of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he was right. He did. he did. He needed that. It helped him. Uh huh. He took down the Joker.
0: Uh, so, so to answer your question earlier, I do watch this almost regularly uh, every year, just about saw so 2016 sorry sorry so uh 2012 14 15 16 17 18 then took a break 22 23 so pretty much every year since it came out and for the last few times i've seen it i'm like yeah it's messy politics are weird the wrong people like it uh but i don't know seeing it now okay you, you mentioned it earlier the IMAX opening, or that opening with the Joker that was filmed in IMAX, that that alone is great. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to reveal something here. Uh, it might... Uh, I might be influenced by my recent trip to Chicago. Um, shout out to Mike Schindler, uh, our, our mutual friend. Um, uh, he's of Chicago, and when I visited Chicago a few weeks ago, uh, he took me on a tour all around town, uh, to to various movie theaters, and shooting locations, uh, and also Fun. and also Roger Ebert's old movie theater that he and Cisco used to see movies in. Um, Did you get to sit in the seat? Yes, I got to sit in the seat where Roger uh, Ebert sat. That's so good. That's so good. Um, and he took me on a little uh, trip around the Dark Knight cho- shooting locations, and I don't know, I. I, I I think one reason why I like this movie more now is because I appreciate the city of Chicago more, which I know is kind of a, uh, uh, this shouldn't factor into how much, you know, a movie in my opinion is good or not, but I don't care. You, you uh, nobody makes the rules about how much you like a movie, but I think Nolan shoots Chicago so well for Gotham. Uh, he, 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 he uh, it's a beautiful city and filming that intro with those IMAX cameras, it looks gorgeous still, like 15 years later. And it's kind of insane to me how he sort of pioneered this look of like feature film IMAX, because this movie was the first movie, uh, first feature film movie to use the IMAX cameras. He pioneered that. Every other movie that's used IMAX in this way, like in certain scenes, they're just imitating The Dark Knight. Um, even up until like just this past week. Uh, watching *Dead of Reckoning* Part One, I see the influence of *The Dark Knight* in that. Uh, I'm not gonna say how, but it's just there. And so, blockbusters from then on, you know, from 2008 onward, uh, have tried to aim for the look of this movie, whether it be IMAX cameras, you know, the feel of it, you know, dark and gritty, or as dark and gritty as like Nolan can get in a comic book movie. Which I think, to your point, chavon it's like I, it, this movie is kind of goofy. But it, it, it's still pretty gritty. Mm-hmm. People die. You know, jokers. It, is, it's is a goofy, demonic.
1: but it's filmed in a pretty flat way. Like, yeah, it, it's not. It's not filmed like it is goofy. You know, yeah, like exactly. like it's not like the Tim Burton movies or the Joel Schumachers where they acknowledge the goofiness. Yeah. This one's almost trying to shy away from it in a way is like, it's still kind of funny. There's jokes and stuff in it that made me laugh, uh, but, but yeah, continue.
0: Yeah. But I I guess my point is like, yeah, I've seen so many other movies try to imitate what this movie uh, ended up being. And like, I think Nolan is special in a way of just only he can shoot um, this movie. Like he could, if that makes sense. Like Uh, him, Wally Pfister, um, Hans Zimmer on the score, like, um, and this comes right before he does, in my opinion, his best movie, Inception. Um, so it, it, he was on a roll. Like, Ivy Watch Batman Begins, to me, that movie is not great. It's, I think he's still trying to come up with his own, like, sense of style, Nolan. And I think he finally gets it here in The Dark Knight. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I, I bumped this up from a 4 out of 5 to a 4.5 out of 5 on my scale. So I don't know. I, I, I just had this realization, Siobhan of like, Oh yeah, it is as great as it's, it's reputation. And I have to admit that. So that's where I'm at with the dark Knight.
1: Yeah. I'm there too. I, I
0: are <laughs> there it's, too? <laughs> 100%. I, I
1: didn't that. like it. I didn't like it very much. I didn't have a great time watching it. Like weirdly, one of the biggest highlights for me was Eric Roberts.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm Ben I'm, Falcone. I'm, I'm going to be that honest. That shouldn't be. Yeah, I know. Like, I uh, if we were to do this episode, like, uh, you know, two years ago, three years ago, I would have said the yeah. same thing. Because I, 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 like one of the last times I saw it, I remember like thinking, "God, this third act, fucking drags." It's like, uh, and also the whole Two Face thing feels like another movie tach- attached to this it's, movie.
1: It's weird, right? That he yeah. becomes he becomes the main character, um, kind of out of nowhere. Not that he's not a big character before, but, like, he becomes the main villain of the movie, and, like, we, we see Joker get wrapped up, and then that's the, the last time we see Joker. And, and like, uh, who knows what Dark Knight Rises would have looked like if Heath Ledger hadn't passed, uh, but it's just weird that, like, such a compelling villain um, kind of just is gone, you know, yeah. without... Without that satisfying of an ending,
0: yeah, I I I was with you oh, before. Oh, and the boat shit was so stupid. Yeah, no, no I, hate it. I, I I've always had a problem with the boat stuff. I I always feel like that just felt like you know a, a a bridge too far when it comes to like this story that they're trying to tell. They they could have maybe ended right when Maggie Gyllenhaal gets blown up, you know, and then maybe had like one more scene with the Joker and that's it, and then save all the Two Face thing. Oh, uh, you know all the Two Face stuff for the next movie, but I, I in my head I think Nolan was trying to like jam as much as he could in this movie, in case this was the last Batman movie he ever did. That's kind of my theory on like why he structured it this way. It does feel bloated, right? But I don't know, I don't know, buddy. I just saw you know two hours and forty minutes of a Mission Impossible movie that that kind of also felt kind of like a bit too much. But I, I love that movie and I love this movie in, in that similar way. I'm like, well, this is kinda like the Blockbuster I would I, I kinda wanna want this to be re released, you know, in IMAX, The Dark Knights, and I would I would I would buy a ticket for it. I, I would spend two hours and thirty minutes watching this movie in an air conditioned, you know, giant IMAX theater and I'd have a good time. That's how I feel about it
1: yeah i i would like to go back and see this in a theater uh i i i I didn't like it really this this time but like i didn't like hate it either so i'm not like oh fuck this like i'm never watching this again i i and i would really be curious um seeing it the full trilogy like back 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 i I never loved batman begins i i always thought it was kind of weak um And again, I saw it later, I saw it after I saw Dark Knight Rises, and I loved Dark Knight and Rises. Um, uh, At this point, I'm like, I don't know, I want to see Batman Begins again, I want to compare that with Dark Knight, and
0: I think Dark Knight Rises is probably the superior one of the trilogy. I thought this a few years ago, I might change my mind after seeing Rises, because I've seen Begins this past week. I've seen this, of course, for this episode. I'm gonna see rises before I see o- Oppenheimer. I've i always thought the Dark Knight trilogy is a bad trilogy, um, <laughs> uh, and it's because each movie just feels so different from the last. They feel like separate entries. Like they- I-, I think it's because they're each their own movie. They stand. They stand on their own and yeah. visually they're all different too and it, it, it doesn't connect together that well in my opinion for my memory of seeing these three you know uh, i i think no, i
1: i agree with you and yeah
0: yeah because like rises has always been my favorite because it's just so like that's really nolan going for the fences in terms of like i'm just gonna go goofier gonna make it a bombastic yeah. comic book movie as much as he can he also makes a James Bond movie, which he always you know, manages to fit in his movies. Um, and it's more fun. I think Rise is, is more fun than the last two, than Begins and Dark Knight. That's my memory of it anyway. I haven't seen it in, in, in a few years. Um, okay. So put yourself in the mindset. Yeah. It's July 18th, 2008. Siobhan and I, we've come out of seeing The Dark Knight. We have our our our, our varying opinions on it. All right, I loved it. You're like, uh, it's fine, All right? We have our tickets for the next movie. We're doing this, we're doing a double feature. We're walking into, that's right, Mamma Mia. The movie. The movie. <laughs> not that. Not the stage play. Mamma Mia, the movie is what it's officially called. Mamma Mia, the movie. Also released. July 18th, 2008. Directed by Philida Lloyd. Uh, screenplay by Katherine Johnson. Starring Meryl Streep, Pierce Brosnan, Cullen Firth, Stellan Skarsgård, Dominic Cooper, uh, Julie Waters, uh, Christine Bransky, Amanda Seyfried. Um, we, we didn't go through the cast of The Dark Knight. Everybody knows who's in The Dark Knight. Yeah, Christian Bale and everybody else. Uh, okay, Mamma Mia. You're saying something, Siobhan? I, I interrupted you.
1: I so at the time I would have pushed against it. Okay, um, not not totally. Like I, I was open minded, but like I uh, I was like, oh, this is girly or whatever. Yeah. As if I would not you know, I'm trying too hard. And and in my head, I never liked Mamma Mia. Really, uh, I I had seen it, and oh, and you know, and, and that last one, uh, I. Um. Here we go again. I yeah. I thought it was pretty fun, but like I didn't love it. But like I gotta be honest, watching this last night uh, with my mother, I had a fucking ball, man. I I was I had an amazing time. I was uh, embroiled by the by the. I, I thought the lo- the daughter father story was really fun to follow. I thought the Musical performances were just lovely. Um, Meryl Streep is
0: Meryl out
1: of this world, great! Like holy shit, oh, she boy. didn't get nominated for this one, did she?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I, I look of,
1: up of all the nominations she's had, and she can put in something like this and
0: not get it. Like yeah. that's wild. Zero Academy Award nominations, by the way.
1: That's wild. It's such. Uh, uh, I would have given it like a maybe a production design or something like yeah. that as well. Yeah. Um, I have a few issues with it, but like, I, they pale in comparison to like, just how much fun I had, you know, I I really, it blew me away. I, I always, in my memory, I thought of it as kind of like a corny movie that I didn't like very much. And now like, yeah, it's corny as shit. And I am at this time in my life, I embrace that corniness. I like that corniness.
0: I mean, hey. Buddy, uh, we did a few episodes on a movie called Southland Tales that some would say is corny.
1: Oh, God, it's corny as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think we are the right people to, uh, here to discuss Mamma Mia because I also loved it, re-watching it last night. Um, uh, I <laughs> This is exactly how I, I, I want to do this double feature, is watch The Dark Knight first. I just witnessed... Uh, Aaron Eckhart as uh, Two-Face you know point a gun at a kid <laughs> and then that shoot child. Batman point blank <laughs> you know that just happened like whoops that just happened and then and then, you know take a break and then watch Mamma Mia and then have like the best time of your life that's
1: that's what everybody's saying like go to Oppenheimer then go to Barbie yeah. you know like take in that take in that darkness take in that uh that uh that uh Fucked up morality of that film, and then and then let it kind of melt away. Go have some fun.
0: And also, I'm not sure how. Like you know, I I I kind of want Barbie to be sort of more, um, or at least I I am guessing the movie might be more existential than what we were maybe led to believe. Like, sure, it'll be filled with like yeah. you know, pink I, and I, colorful. I, I agree with you. Light I mean, Credit
1: Gerwig's the better filmmaker than just making. You know what I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll
0: be a smart movie. Yeah,
1: and you know um, what? I don't think it's just going to be dumb bubblegum pop. But
0: I think we can agree. I, I would like it either way. Exactly. I think, but I think we can agree it'll be fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, almost as much fun as I. I mean, I want Barbie to be as as much fun as Mamma Mia is. You know, uh, Mamma Mia is fun. Mamma Mia is a good time. Mamma Mia is fun. Mamma Mia is fun. Do you have any? Connection to the band
1: ABBA. Um, other than just me liking their music, no, I, 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 but I do enjoy their music a lot. Like uh, "Dancing Queen" is like one of the best pop songs of all time. You put that on, nobody's having a bad time. Yeah, like that—that's one of the few songs that could probably get me moving. And I fucking hate dancing. Yeah, I'm such a little dork in my head about it. <laughs> uh, um, maybe my favorite ABBA song is not in this film, unfortunately.
0: What's your favorite album, uh,
1: Fernando? Oh yeah, but uh, but that didn't matter. And, and you know what? There's some weird choices. Like I, I probably I don't know anything about like half of the songs in this film. Uh, uh, something you want to know? You want to know something interesting, Marcelo? Yeah, I do. Class trip to New York City, uh, thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, we saw Mamma Mia*. Uh, the movie or the play? The stage play. Oh. On
0: Broadway okay <laughs> I didn't know this I've
1: seen I've seen the
0: Broadway uh, musical wow uh, tell me everything about it in detail
1: I don't remember anything okay
0: about it. come on <laughs> I'm
1: not joking I don't remember being there I remember being upset that like I wanted to go to Phantom of the Opera, and I think a majority of the class voted to go to Phantom of the Opera, but the teachers didn't want it, so we went to Mamma Mia.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, well, it's, it's a shame you don't remember anything about that uh, stage play, of the musical. I, I after uh, rewatching Mamma Mia last night, I, I, I looked up uh, details on the musical. Uh, I would love to see it. You know, uh, I don't know if it's. a a touring thing or anything—I don't know if they, if they still have it anywhere in the world. But I'd I'd be interested in that because I think—and let's get into the actual movie. Uh, and sure. by the way, by the way, ABBA—I didn't realize I was a big ABBA fan until watching uh, *Mamma Mia* and *Mamma Mia: Here We Go Again*. Uh, it's it's a reminder of how great those songs are.
1: Their songs are
0: infectious. Yes, yeah, they're, yeah. they're infectious. Uh,
1: I've got a ton on my playlist, and when they come on, they're usually not skipped.
0: But this movie—let's get into the movie okay what,
1: what'd you what'd you what uh, hold on what, what'd you think of it at the time were you into it at the time
0: or did you well, see it here's a reveal i did not see it until uh two years ago so gotcha. yeah i it, it's a movie and let's get into it okay this Please. whole this uh, it's, it's not like we're already not into it let's get into it first. amanda
1: seyfried she's getting married in greece yeah uh she doesn't know who her father is uh, She wants to meet her father She wants her father there for the wedding So she invites uh, Pierce Brosnan One of the hottest men to ever live Suave as fuck uh, Colin Firth, very charming man uh, Great actor And uh, Stellan Skarsgård
0: Yeah, the most evil man Who's ever
1: been born <laughs> uh, Lars Van Trier's uh, <laughs> Go-to guy The
0: killer uh, in The Girl the Dragon Tattoo <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, they're, and they're brought there to be, uh, uh, the, the, they, they are the three people that it could be her father and yeah. she wants to bring them all there and try to figure out who her real father is so they can give her away on her wedding day.
0: Yeah. Now the plot to this, I mean, uh, let's go back 15 years. It didn't like, you know, it, it didn't entice me. It, it didn't like uh, attract my interest. I was uh, a, just a dude who was in his early twenties, you you're, know. You're a guy being a dude. A yeah. guy being a dude. I don't care about musicals at this point in my life. Back, you know, fifteen years ago, and uh, since then, uh, yeah, I I, I made uh, you know uh, new better friends who have opened my eyes to certain things, including musicals. Uh, I have a friend uh, who basically gave me a list of musicals i should watch on that list was mamma mia and also on that list was like other musicals i hadn't seen uh i just missed out on including little shop of horrors uh hedwig and the angry inch uh and i forget the rest i also hadn't seen rent she loved rent so i had to watch rent uh, rent is good the movie's not the, the movie's not good yeah it's it's fine it's whatever but hey yeah, Hedwig funny. was amazing I saw that for the first time two years ago this was amazing I saw it for the first time two years ago because of this list I'll say this I wish I'd seen this in a theater maybe you know my my life would have been on a different path you know a better path you know 15 years ago but I'm glad I fin- I'm glad I finally came around to it you know now in my age you know uh, yeah so saw it for the first time two years ago saw it again for this show for a second time and loved it even more. Um, I, I, I mean, ah, the story, they, you can't poke a hole in this because it's just so ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is its own, it is its own hole. Yeah, <laughs> <guess>. it is.
0: <laughs> it is just a hole. <laughs> nobody would do this in real life. Nobody would invite three men who they think is their <laughs> father <laughs> to their wedding <laughs>
1: Maybe maybe you go to Meryl Streep and just say, "Hey, mom, I'm sorry. I read your diary. Do you yeah. know which one of these three men might be my father?" Yeah, let's
0: have a conversation about it, uh, rather than surprising her with these three men who she hadn't seen <laughs> in 20 years. I know. Uh, but it's it's fun for God's sakes. I mean, oh, they, so fun. They're on a Greek island, you know. Uh, 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 and I will say this: yeah, uh, the movie.
1: Uh, the location, uh, the, the musical numbers, they are beautiful, but I think the way it's filmed is a little flat. Like it, it, the, the, the color tones, I wish they popped more. It's pretty gray for some reason.
0: Yeah. I'll say that too. um, I I do like when they shot on location and you can definitely tell they shot. Oh yeah. They are there on a real boat and whatever, but, but to that point about it feeling flat, I don't think it helps when they when when they shoot on sets and you can tell it's on a set because they they shot half of this like on the um, on the famous 007 uh, uh, studios or the Pinewood hmm. I forget um, I'll look it up but I don't know uh, some of the on set stuff looks you know a bit too too fake for me Pinewood Studios I was right um, other than that I don't know I, I kind of see your point about the the color palettes it could pop more. Um, but gosh
1: it's the one bummer I
0: have. yeah that's all it's the one thing I get it but everything else just pops like it, it, uh, uh, famously like Colin Firth and the cast like I think a big reason why they did this movie is just to you know just for a trip you know out to these Greek islands just to shoot you know this movie <laughs> it's like an Adam um, Sandler movie
1: c- This one go on a vacation
0: yeah ex- yeah but you can definitely tell they're having fun Connor Firth is having fun. Brosnan is having fun. Stella Skarsgård is having fun. I think I don't think I've ever seen Stella Skarsgård laugh uh, except for <laughs> this movie. Um, and also, like going back to your Meryl Streep point, she's amazing in this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like because like she's she's always committed to every character she plays. She's fully committed to this. Um, and so is Seyfried with her giant eyes. It's like she. I, I think I think yeah, she's wonderful it, too. Yeah if it were different casts, you know, people just didn't give a shit, uh, which I've seen musicals of people who just don't give a shit. You know, they, you know, who don't put, put in their all into it. Um, and these may not be the best singers, but who cares? I, 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 I'm, I think I'm, part- great. I think I'm partly tone deaf, so I don't care. Um, that chemistry of the characters and the way that like, they're just so involved in it. Ah, uh, it's, 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 it's refreshing. It's <laughs>
1: yeah, like late in the movie when like, uh when Pierce Brosnan has to
0: sing, like, no, (laughs) No. (laughs) but, but yeah. What can we say about this? Okay. The, the song choices, one thing I was like, this is why I looked into the musical, um, doing some research. And I say research. I just looked at the Wikipedia page of the musical. I'm just so fascinated, uh, with how the, the writer of this who also wrote, I think the book, of the, uh, of the musical, um, Catherine Johnson. It's like, yes, let's create a, an original story, uh, just based around pre-existing ABBA songs. And it works. Uh, I mean, some of it may be a little, <laughs> the, 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 tangent in which it plays into the story, uh, sometimes, you know, it, it doesn't make sense, you know, you, you see what I'm saying? But I think for the most part, like uh i think my favorite two moments where it like really works where like these they're singing these abba songs in this movie and it works in regards to like plot and character are like when meryl is uh is is um is putting her daughter in that wedding dress and they sing that song about being a parent that was incredible like that's an effective moment that got me right in the heart and perfect use of that song the performance is everything then after that, the song where, where Meryl sings to Brosnan, like right next to that little island. Um, I forget the name of that song. But that one's good, too. Winner Takes It All. So, Slipping Through My Fingers is the yeah. one with um, her and her daughter. And The Winner Takes It All is the one right after that, where Meryl belts out her feelings to Pierce Brosnan. Those two songs, those two moments, those two scenes, incredible. It, it bumped the movie up for me. I... I I love this movie um, because where else am I going to get like that emotional impact? You know, Batman certainly didn't, didn't give it to me. The Dark Knight, I was just it was all gloom and doom. <laughs> I, <laughs> all I said was, "Hey, that Joker guy needs to be stopped." That's it. That's all the emotion I got from it.
1: Um, John Hall gets blown up by a room full of explosives.
0: Yeah, but I don't feel it now. I feel bad for Batman on a certain in a certain way, but. When you get Meryl Streep singing to her, you know, fake daughter while singing, uh, through my fingers. That's great. Uh, winter takes it all. Oh, yeah. Just, just her singing at Pierce Brosnan saying, I don't want to talk cause it makes me feel bad. That's great. That's movie magic. Uh, I don't know what
1: song it is, but the one where Meryl's, uh, Kind of just on the rooftop, uh, singing you know, like right after the, all the three guys show up, and she's surprised and kind of happy to see them, and she's like going through her emotions. Um, I, I loved her performance during that song where she's jumping on the bed, you know? I
0: think, uh, I think that might be Mamma Mia. <laughs> I think that might be the tattoo. Is it Mamma Mia? Right. She. Well, there, there, I
1: was going to say there's some like really fun filming moments like that, like creative stuff, very well filmed, where she's jumping on the bed, and it looks like she's jumping fucking 10 feet high. And yeah. then when she's on the rooftop above the guys, there's a really fun little moment I liked where it suddenly cuts to a shot of the three guys in their room and the, the shots upside down and you have no idea why this is happening and it just looks weird. And then suddenly you, the, they cut to her in the window and she's like peeking into the window upside down. And it's just like, I thought that was so funny and cute. Like there, there's so many creative moments in this.
0: Yeah. And and it plays into something. I mean, I'm still like a novice when it comes to musicals, but something that I think um, I'm attracted to with certain musicals is how like each um, song, each performance, like in the in in the mu- in the musical, should be different. Like it shouldn't feel repetitive. And I think this movie does a good job of like, uh, um, well, Excitative. I think yeah, mixing it up in regards to like uh, everybody gets a song basically. Like everybody gets to sing. You know, it's not just Merrill or Amanda Seyfried who sings. Everybody gets a song, and including a. Um, uh, Christine Baranski who gets her own song which kind of feels like out of place like uh, like, what is this how does it service the plot but who cares like it's that song where she sings um, that, to that one guy She like uh, he's too young I forget the name of that song um, uh, Does Your Mother Know I think that's the song uh, anyway I like that I mean what else can we say I mean uh, uh, Siobhan what else can we say about Mamma Mia I think we need to give Mamma Mia more time do you really? I, I think we've said it all. It's just—it's
1: just a delight. I—I—I I, I, I think we've said it's creative. It's fun. It's we—we we have a great time watching it.
0: I think what we need is maybe another another uh, person to give insight here, um, and I have that so this, uh, this is unpre- oh. this is unprecedented oh i have no clue what's going on here i'm scared exactly i'm i'm surprising siobhan with this so um it just so happens and and i felt like this uh uh is is, is crucial here uh to bring up uh, i mentioned in the dark Knight segments i went to chicago I, I explored the city. And Chi-town. It ch- you saw the big bean. <laughs> the you know. big bean. Yeah. yeah, the Windy City. Uh, Untouchables. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> was, I was there. I saw the, the shooting locations. I, I kind of sort of felt like I had a, uh, not personal, but like I, I felt connected to the Dark Knight. It just so happened somebody who I know has an, a connection to Mamma Mia. Uh, I don't know how else to, to say this, but uh, my girlfriend went to Sweden um, GF last month. Uh, my girlfriend went to Sweden last month, uh, and she went through something that I think uh, people on this show, who listen to this show, would find interesting. She, went, she has her own connection with Mamma Mia. Um, uh, I'm going to let her explain it. What's this? What is this? <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, by me playing a clip of, of some audio she sent in. <laughs> Great. I love it. So, so setting this up, um, I asked her to give me some insight on uh, uh, Mamma Mia. Because like I said, she went to Sweden. Uh, she actually went to a Mamma Mia sing-along in Sweden. She oh. went to the ABBA Museum. In Sweden, wow. She also did also see the stage show of *Mamma Mia*. Uh, so I, I I was like, just send me a, a voice memo of of all your insight on this. And here it is. I'm gonna play it. Here is Elise, uh, my girlfriend. I did not force her to to send this. I just told her if she wanted to, she can send this in.
1: Um, she- if you forced
0: her. Yeah. <laughs> no. Not gonna force anybody to do anything, especially be on a podcast. So (laughs) here it is. I'm gonna play it. Uh, She she has she has approved this to be played on the show. So here it is. So here is Elise discussing her connection with Mamma Mia.
2: Been an ABBA fan since I was little. I loved the song Dancing Queen. It was my favorite songs when I was truly tiny. My dad loves ABBA or ABBA. Most Americans say ABBA. The Swedes say ABBA. Who knows? My dad loved them. My mom hated them. And in fact, (laughs) it embarrasses my mother, or it did for a long time, that in the 70s, my dad's favorite band was ABBA. While she was listening to like cool music, he was jamming out to Dancing Queen. By no means were they considered cool. They were like goofy pop, most you know, cool 70s people looked down upon them, but my dad loved them. And I doubt you remember, there was this group called A-Teens in the late 90s, early aughts, and they did ABBA covers. And that's how I first heard Dancing Queen um, as like a teen. I'd heard it as a kid, and then I got re-into it as a teen. And then my dad and I bonded over that. And then I started listening to other ABBA um, and then Mama Mia came along, and my mom did not want to go see this show. My dad was gunning hard for it. And in fact, when we all went to London, when I was think I was about twelve, my dad wanted to see Mama Mia. My mom was like, "Absolutely not! I hate Alba. We're not doing that. That sounds dumb." And instead, we saw The Lion King, which my dad was horrified that we had to go see some Disney musical. And then he loved it because The Lion King is the only decent disney broadway musical because it was directed by julie Taymor, so we go and see mamma mia i think we ended up seeing both because i saw mamma mia as a kid and i think i saw it in the west end or possibly a professional touring company i have seen it live before the movie came out so i was a big fan i loved it i loved both the original versions of the songs and the mamma mia versions and then the movie came out i think i was a senior in high school because i think it came out in 08 and i did not like it I thought they picked bad singers, they picked stars instead of good performers, which is always what's wrong with musical movies of late. They pick actors, not singers, and they pick famous people. I especially was offended by Pierce Brosnan and his uh, goose honk of a singing voice, Um, I also, even though I love Colin to death, it annoyed me that he couldn't sing. I didn't even really think Meryl was that good of a singer I thought it was auto-tuned to death Um, and I thought it was cheesy and didn't represent the musical that I loved, so I stuck my nose in the air about that until the lead up to the sequel, Uh, my two really good friends in New York, Gian and Danielle they loved the 08 Mamma Mia, and I sort of was like, "All right," I was 18 when that came out They were like 15. So they weren't as sophisticated as me. And they hadn't seen the stage show. This was all bullshit. I was just a pretentious teen. And I rewatched it. And I rewatched it with them. Because we would always listen to ABBA together. And so I finally watched that movie with them in the lead up. Because I was like, Gianna has snooty taste in movies. Surely this is better than I remember. And it was. It still does come to a screeching halt when Pierce Brosnan starts singing. Because he's presented as a good singer. or he's presented as this hot romantic dreamy lead and then he's just honks (laughs) and it's painful but like with Colin Firth it's like if your your like sweet uncle pulled out a guitar and started singing you wouldn't expect him to be good so it's fine that Colin Firth can't sing Meryl's better than I gave her credit for so is Amanda Seyfried none of them can sing like this the people on the stage show except Christine Baranski because she is a Broadway person but Yeah, it's it really is charming and lovely and fun. And up until Pierce screaming on the side of a mountain, it's good. And then that sucks a little bit. But then it's good again. And this most recent time, which I will talk about in a minute, I wept during slipping through my fingers all the time. Meryl's big sort of sentimental mother song she sings. But um, yeah, so I came around on the first one. And then Danielle, Gianna, and I went and saw Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which, sidebar, there has never and there will never be a better titled sequel than Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Remember when those movies Now You See Me, then they made a sequel, and they didn't call the sequel Now You Don't, which was just... Stupid! They called it Now You See Me Too," which someone should be fired for that choice. Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again makes up for that and every other poorly titled film and film sequel ever made because it's perfect. And that movie rules. It's kind of a masterpiece. I think it's better than the first. I think its structure is genius. It's The Godfather Part 2. And I believe it is mostly down to... Oh, the main actress. What's her name? Cinderella. <laughs> I can't think of her name. Uh, her. She's she's insane she's so good the fact that she's playing a young meryl and she has to perform these ridiculous songs like and then i kissed the teacher which ugh is such a gross song it's sung by a man originally so yikes so is does your mother know also sung by a man in originally in the abba days very smart that they gender swapped those two things um lily james that's her name she's she, I don't know why people call Jennifer Lawrence our last movie star. I think it's her. She has the most appealing presence. She's so charming. She's so winning. She's a beautiful voice. And she sells it that she's a young Meryl Streep, even though the uh, years don't line up. Because it's clearly the 70s And Mamma Mia! Here We Go Again. They say that 10 years has passed since the first movie, which presumably took place in 08... And then it, it makes no goddamn sense, <laughs> but whatever. We don't care. It all is fine because it's supposed to be the seventies because ABBA, that was their heyday. Anyway, the sequels brilliant. That's when I totally turned around on the films. And then as you mentioned, I went and saw Mamma Mia, the first one as a sing along in Stockholm, Sweden at the Capitol theater with exclusively Swedes. If you're listeners are not aware, ABBA or Swedish. <laughs> um, it was really super fun. I thought it was going to be touristy. I was the only English speaker there. This young, lovely young woman came out dressed as Meryl in the overalls with a mic. All of a sudden, people are standing up and we're doing vocal warm-ups in Swedish and I'm just smiling like an idiot and they start doing head and shoulders, knees and toes in Swedish. I just took a video because pff, I, didn't, I don't know the words. And then people belted along with Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again at this gorgeous theater that's like chic and classy with plush blue velvet chairs and lamps it's this like sexy vibe uh and we went to this deeply unsexy thing a mamma mia sing-along but that was incredible i also went to the ABBA museum while i was in Stockholm highly recommend it's a damn good time not only is it about ABBA as a group um it's also about their careers post their years um as ABBA and of course there's this giant sign when you're entering the section of the museum post their abba days that says breaking up is never easy i know which is a line from an abba song and so there's a section on the musicals that benny and bjorn the two guys wrote they were involved in the mamma mia musical the huge hit that that was first on the west end and then on broadway but they also had the musical chess which i was in in high school it's insane the music is great you might know one song from it one night in bangkok and the world's your oyster that is from chess it was a concept album first in the vein of jesus christ superstar and then they made it a musical the plot is incomprehensible it's about chess champions facing off and chess becomes a metaphor for the cold war and a bunch of freaking high schoolers did it it was embarrassing we also were all doing bad russian accents (laughs) i hope no footage of that exists but i'm sure it does anyway the museum's really fun it's really goofy uh they have this big ridiculous giant screen showing their Eurovision song contest performance from 74 or something where they won with Waterloo launched their careers. Yeah. The Swedes love them some ABBA. They're very proud. They're very proud of their music, their pop music sort of dynasty in Sweden. They've won Eurovision the most. They have all these songwriters, like basically every song Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys ever sang was written by a Swedish pop songwriter. So that's kind of Sweden's whole deal with uh, ABBA yeah, so that's kind of like my history with Mamma Mia and ABBA. It's cheese ball. It has it always been cheese ball. It's never been cool. Like in the 70s, my mom thinking it lame that my dad loved ABBA. It's still not cool. It's still something earnest and goofy and dorky, and that is what's so fun about Mamma Mia, and that is why it was so lame that i thought myself above the original mamma mia movie when i was 18 um but i have come around i have come to understand that we are not here for high art we are here for a goddamn good time and maybe some art you know stuffed in there for funsies yeah i love abba i love mamma mia it's amazing um it's better than the dark (laughs) knight take that to the bank bye
0: and there you go so thank you to Elise. Uh, thank you, Elise. My girlfriend. That was great. Uh, but yeah, so there we go. Mamma Mia. Uh, I mean, she also did mention Pierce Brosnan and and that and not the best singer. I think she, she agreed on some of our points. Um, <laughs> she did mention at the end, she did say Mamma Mia better than Dark Knight. So I think, Siobhan, you and her uh, have that in common. I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you, Elise. Yeah. Uh, I would say... Here's my here's my hot take on this. I'd say they're equally good. I'm 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 going to uh basically be a coward and say The Dark Knight, Mamma Mia, equally good movies in their own way. So there you go. Um Oh. Before we wrap this up. Well, a, 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 well any last words on, on on these two movies? Siobhan, do you recommend people at home do what we just did? Watch The Dark Knight and Mamma Mia back to back?
1: You know... You could do it. Uh, It's not... I think it's... It doesn't have to be Dark Knight, but I think... uh, Cleansing your palate after kind of a... Downer movie... With Mamma Mia... That's not the worst idea in the world.
0: Yeah. I agree. Uh, If you you were to do it, do it this way. Watch a bummer of a movie like The Dark Knight... And then wrap it up with Mamma Mia. And oh... Uh, uh, Oh, uh, well, sorry. You go first. I, m- I mentioned Lars von Trier. Go watch The House of Jack
1: <laughs> or Antichrist or Nymphomaniac. Then, uh, nymphomaniac. Uh, there you go. There's
0: where you're gonna get your uh, your Stellan. <laughs> that's that's a, then, that's a double uh, feature. Uh, nymphomaniac yeah. and Mamma Mia. Wow. Well, that's a triple feature. N- that's right. Nymphomaniac There's Nymphomaniac. Part one.
1: Nymphomaniac part two. And then <laughs> and then Mamma Mia. You know, cleanse the palate. Go go to bed happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to. I want to also say that uh, that ending of Mamma Mia, where Meryl and her friends, you know, just dance and sing to the audience, then they keep singing through the credits. That's incredible. Uh, uh, apparently, they, they also do yes. that, and they and they did the encore too. Yes, they do
1: the encore uh, too. That was so fun.
0: Apparently, they do that. Uh, they did that on stage. Uh, 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 you know, uh, at the musical too. They, they have like that same encore. which is cool Uh, anyway great movies I think Mamma Mia may be the better one if you ask some people but I think they're both equally good Uh, before we wrap this up though let's play a game Siobhan also doesn't know about this do you want to play a game do you want to play no he's not here he's not here not not, not today that's another thing that's another thing Uh, we're going to play the box office game that's right I have the numbers Siobhan has to guess without going over Okay. What these numbers are. So let's go with the Dark Knight first. Domestic opening. What is your Ooh. guess? Domestic opening. The opening weekend. What? How much money did the Dark Knight make opening weekend? That is so tough. Domestically.
1: Because I, I, know, I know the final tally is like just over a billion dollars. I already know that. Right opening i don't know because this is 2008 it's not yeah i doubt it was super front-loaded like how superhero things are now where it made 300 million dollars in one weekend and then you know trails off it's i bet this was one that just shut up (laughs) i bet this was one that had a very big opening but had long legs like it wasn't massive I think it was just like it was around for a while. So I'm going to go. I like 120. I like the sound of 120. Uh,
0: you, you know what? You didn't go over. So you win. Hmm. Uh, okay. It was 158. 150. Okay. Yeah, Million dollars. Uh, I was going to give you a hint. I was going to say uh, this did. Uh, this was the, uh, uh, the biggest opening of any movie. Uh, until The Dark Knight Rises and The Avengers opened in 2012. So it held the title oh. for four years. Uh, like, uh, okay. I
1: think that's, that, that's a title that like, Spider-Man 2 had, and I i, I want to say Fast and Furious 4 also yeah. had that title for a little bit. Maybe not
0: 4, because 4 was, was, wasn't a big hit. I
1: think it was 4. I think it was 4, but I, I don't know. I might be crazy.
0: Yeah, th- uh, I'm not going to call you that, but sure. Um, I think you're crazy. Domestic opening. I might be be as twisted as the Joker. Domestic opening for Mamma Mia. Remember, they came out on the same day. Significantly harder. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I'll give you a hint. So this was a record holder for the highest grossing opening weekend for a movie based on a Broadway musical. Surpassing Hairspray. Uh, but later, this was surpassed by Into the Woods, so it did break a record. Mama, Into the it. Woods beat it. Oh, Yeah, the, for, I don't for Into the Woods being huge for a domestic opening, at least sixty. Ooh, buddy, you went over. Ah, uh, it was twenty-seven million dollars. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. But,
0: okay, but hey, so
1: what was Into the Woods like? Forty.
0: Oh, I I, I don't look that up. Who cares? Okay. Um, but but uh, Mamma Mia was a huge hit uh, worldwide. I mean, do, uh, do you want to guess the worldwide for Mamma Mia? I mean, you already know Dark Knight. Dark Knight was a billion dollars. Two fifty. Worldwide. Yeah, buddy, you are way off. It made six hundred and ninety-four million dollars worldwide.
1: God diggity darn. It
0: was a hit. I think Why did I read, it take 10
1: years to make a sequel?
0: Yeah. Uh, I, hey, they wanted to wait, and they they, they released a masterpiece in that sequel. Um, but uh, I, I read a, a, a crazy fact that said, in the UK, apparently this was uh, huge in the UK. So much so that uh, one out of every four households in the UK uh, owns a physical copy of Mamma Mia. Apparently. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Mamma Mia and The Dark Knight. Uh, Siobhan, we did it. We did it. This is it. That's first episode done. I think we covered it all. I think we talked about oh. summer movies. We talked about The Dark Knight and Mamma Mia. Uh so what are we gonna do next week? That was a fun
1: week? time. That was a fun time. Yeah. What? What? What's? What's the film? What's the big release? Uh, the week after Bob Barbieheimer?
0: Uh, it's gonna be the Haunted Mansion, or I should say, Haunted wow. Mansion. The Haunted Mansion. No, Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion was a movie uh, starring Eddie Murphy. Uh, Haunted Mansion is a movie starring uh, all those new people, Danny DeVito. Uh, I don't, uh, uh, uh those Wilson. new up and coming kids, Danny DeVito, uh, is it Owen Wilson or Luke Wilson? I always get them confused. There's
1: no Wilson in that movie. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm gonna look it up um, right now. So anyway, I, I, hey, listen. I, I, all cards on the table. Okay. I, I texted this to Siobhan, by the way, Owen Wilson is in Haunted Mansion, the new one. Uh, also Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Rosario Dawson, Jim Lee Curtis, and so this, Jared Leto. Yes!
1: Yes, <laughs> baby! Let's go! Uh, <laughs> uh, I like that Lakeith Stanfield. He's a great actor. Uh been a while since I saw him, I think. But um, let's say... So let's say this is a movie based on a ride at Disneyland.
0: Yeah. I'm haunted
1: Mansion. I'm with you so far. So, Marcelo, do you want me to say what we're doing? I don't know what your plan
0: is here. I want you to say what I texted you earlier. We are going to do... We're going to cover some
1: films that are also based on rides at Disneyland. Uh, What are our options? We have The Haunted Mansion. We have Jungle Cruise. But we're going to go with the most famous, uh, inarguably... Yeah. The Pirates of the Caribbean uh, Gore Verbinski Trilogy. We're doing the first three yeah. films. We're going to cover those next week.
0: Now, I, I mentioned this earlier. I wanted to kind of shine a light back on these movies um, after I. them making billions of dollars. Uh, I'm interested <laughs> uh, in revisiting and talking about not only Pirates, the first one of the Caribbean, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. I really want to discuss and open up a box. You know, the the Pandora's boxes we always like to open up. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about those, uh, those sequels. Well, you want to open up the Dead Man's Chest. Exactly. I want to open up Dead Man's Chest. And then I want to go to, uh, at World's End. Okay. I want to know if those hold up. I want to know if I'm wrong about me liking those movies a lot. Uh, And I got, I got stories to tell. I, I, I was very much into these movies back in the day. Um, Well, I'm just
1: going to give a little uh, hint. Uh, I I watched all five Pirates movies for the first time last year. Um, I am
0: not upset at having to watch these again. Okay, there you go. That's a tease. So, yeah, next week we're going to watch three Pirates movies. Um, I don't know who stars in them. We'll figure that out next week. I don't know who the lead is. Uh, We'll talk about it next week. Uh, All right.
1: Uh plugs. No. Uh yeah, you can follow me at junkblader. Uh uh uh, uh, uh you can go to uh, hey. Uh if you're on if you're on blue sky, uh junkblader dot b dot social, I think. It's junkblader. You'll find it by searching junkblader.
0: Yeah.
1: Something like that. Um and uh, that's all I got, I guess. I mean I've got Something else I'm not going to bring up, but I, I don't want to. I don't need to do that here.
0: Uh, tease, you're a tease. Um, as for me, talkfilmsociety.com, uh, Patreon.com/slash/talkfilmsociety. Uh, we have commentaries over there. We might do more. We might do a lot more later on us. this year, or we might do less. Or <laughs> We might do not do any at all. Who knows? <laughs> Tune in to find out. To the Patreon. Uh, And you listen to all the other shows on the network. Uh, uh, Our our good friend, uh, uh, you know, Thomas Mariani, he has a new show that we're hosting on Talk from Society, Cinema to the Letter. Cinema to the Letter. C-I-N-E-M-A. Not to tease it, but I might be on a future episode. We'll see though. Oh, wow. I have not been invited. (laughs) I probably should not have said that, Uh, but who knows? (laughs) Maybe those plans will fall through and, uh, I won't be on that show. Tune into that show to find out. Go to talkfilmsociety.com slash D-E-D-B or talkfilmsociety.com slash cinema to the letter to find out. Because those are the links... Uh, you'll use to get to that show. So I'm, I'm giving, yeah,
1: listen, listen to, Hey, we're yeah. going to be listening to Thomas Mariani's podcast. Listen to our old podcast. Okay. Talk yeah. talkfilmsociety.com South Southland tales. Uh, we talk about the movie Southland tales to an extreme degree. We, we got so we do, we get so in depth. Yeah, and we've had some amazing guests: uh, Vera Drew, Ru ruin and Carol. Uh, both both part of the People's Joker. Uh, Alec, <laughs> Alec Robbins also part of the People's Joker. <laughs> uh, some other guys. Oh, Thomas Mariani. We've had that motherfucker. Mother so
0: if you like him, yeah, come listen to our shit. Yeah, sure, Why sure. Not? Yeah, um, and that's it. Uh, listen to all that. Uh, follow us. Follow Talk from Society. Talk from Society, by the way, is on Twitter still. Uh, we're on Blue Sky. We're on Threads begrudgingly. Uh, oh God! Don't.
1: I'm not doing Threads, man. Don't. Thread, nobody get on
0: Threads. Threads is bad. But I made an account. We're on there. Yeah. I don't recommend it. But if push comes to shove, we're, we'll push there more. But I don't want to. Don't make. Don't make me. You know what? Don't follow us on Threads. Don't follow Talk from Society on Threads. Follow us on Blue Sky or Twitter for now. That's it. Uh, as always, uh, we'd like to say this catchphrase at the end of all of our shows. Hey, folks. Say it together, Siobhan. Hey, folks. Oh, gee. Hey, folks. We'll see you at the movies. We'll see you at the movies. Nope. Nope. I never we say don't say that. that. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>